Welcome to Breaking Down Bits, a conversation about great comedy bits with the comedians who wrote and performed them. Welcome to Breaking Down Bits. I'm Brian Gendron. Hey, I'm Drew Jordan, and we're glad to still be alive and doing this podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, for uh, I don't know, maybe just being a comedian who wants to get better. Um, want to give you just a positive affirmations, like get in here, learn something, take it to the stage this week. We have a great conversation lined up for you today with a guy who uh, actually just came and performed here in Houston, and it was it was really great. Uh, watching him work firsthand, so I'm sure it's going to be a beneficial thing for anyone. Uh, we'll get there in a second, um, but first and foremost, uh, yeah, make sure you check out all the previous episodes, BreakingDownBits.com. You can get all the all the links to your favorite platforms, all the previous episodes, um, uh, including the one that we did last uh, just last week or a week before. Yeah, Caitlin Palufo, uh, great. Great interview. She's so much fun. And we'll have her on the show here in Houston in January. But uh, a callback I had for our talk with Caitlin was uh, hosting. We talked about a lot about hosting, just being comfortable in that host position, uh, being able to keep the momentum of the show going when needed. And I was just I was really inspired. And, and in fact, I took it to stage this past weekend and just had some really fun host sets. And sometimes I dread hosting and now I'm excited about it again. So she breathes some life back into hosting for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you talk about being comfortable hosting. I think one of the things that I got out of her conversation was was something about kind of being comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time because she is an onstage writer. She's not really um, someone that's pinned to pad and, and and prep and like got everything figured out before she steps on stage, which I thought was a, pretty interesting to me because I am very much a planner. I'm very much uh, a prep guy, and I typically perform my best when I feel like I'm the most prepared before a set. And so, but I think it's, I think that's kind of a challenge though, is just to be more in the moment. And I think that's never a bad thing. And so I'm, I'm kind of challenged a little bit to go, Hey, in the moment when you're doing something, if there's, if an opportunity arises, lean into it a little more than you typically would see what comes of that. Because I think we've all, I'm not really a huge crowd work guy, but, um, I think it's so fun and it's neat what you can get and what you can add to a bit when you just let loose and maybe go a few steps further in a crowd interaction and take a, take a a leap, a swing at something that just comes to mind while you're on stage. It's a, it's a little scary, but you never know what you might get out of it. Yeah. And if you can video all that stuff, right? Because we see so many comics that come to our room that are excited that we tape our shows because then they can use those moments without giving away material uh, to yeah. post on social media and, and, and continue to grow following that way, catching those special moments. Uh, so yeah, check out that episode with, with Caitlin and all of our episodes. Also, we had a great mic this past week, uh, last Tuesday. Every Tuesday we do our online open mic. I thought it would die after the pandemic. It is stronger than ever, Drew. Uh, yeah. You can email us, breakingdownbits at gmail.com, asking for a spot, or hit us up on any of the social medias, uh, at breakingdownbits, DM us and ask for a spot Tuesdays. 9 p.m. Eastern time, like clockwork, we're there basically every week. Yeah, and a feedback mic. So you come in, you do your time, and you have maybe five, six other comedians from all around the world, all around the nation at least, uh, giving you some feedback, giving you tags, giving you input. 
um, just to make each other better. It's a great time. And everyone who comes in there, it's really a fun little, uh, it's a fun little crowd and, and friendships are, are born there. It's been really cool. Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in our guests. You ready? Let's do it. Caleb Sinan is a nationally touring comic currently based in L.A. His unique background as a preacher's kid from a small southern town gives him the ability to relate to any and every crowd. He won the title of wittiest in Franklin County High School's 2009 yearbook, but you probably know him from his performances on Conan, Last Comic Standing, and Bill Burr's stand-up show, The Ringers, on Comedy Central. He filmed his first stand-up comedy special with Comedy Central in 2021. He's entertained the troops in South Korea and Japan, and he's got a podcast called What's It Called? I mean, no, that's that's actually, I know what it's called. That's that's the name of, the, you get it. <laughs> wow man that made me look so successful i love that that was a great that was a great montage damn what hey, a cool guy it's it's actual clips of your actual career so you are exactly that successful wow and the song in the background i just man that's just uh that was some good work <laughs> we should end there i'm not, nothing i'm gonna say is gonna be as cool <laughs> as that music and the, oh man well, thanks for joining Breaking Down Bits. Everybody, get out there and uh, and have and go out there and, and be successful. <laughs> be inspired yeah. by that by that video. It's been a good episode, yeah. guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Inspired me. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're happy you're here, man. This is uh, like, like Drew said up top. We worked with you not too long ago, uh, and and just really enjoyed talking comedy with you. And it seemed like a natural yeah, yeah. fit. We get on here and, and and share this with the world on Breaking Down Bits. So. Uh, first place, you know, let, let people know who you are and, and, uh, basically what we want to know is how you started your, your comedy career and then walk us through the, the over the years, maybe some of the breaks you've had along the way, however you want to take that, but we want to hear about you and, and, and your path through comedy. Wow. Sweet. Uh, the, uh, well, to me, it's kind of, uh, so much of it, I think is growing up when Seinfeld was on a lot, uh, because why would you not? want to live that life you know everybody loves raymond was on too and i was like Ugh, seems he's got the mom and his wife and his kids it seems miserable same uh, brazier he like lives with his dad and i'm like oh no you've got to say everyone who had to take care of a loved one seemed miserable um and uh, everyone with a family it just seemed like a lot and jerry seinfeld's just eating cereal talking shit with his friends i was like what a great life you know <laughs> and uh he's best friends with his ex like it was just very it was like all these impossible things i was just like um and i saw an interview recently where it was like that's also impossible i've never been friends with an ex with that i don't even know how we got that on tv but uh <laughs> it just seemed like this fantasy land that a little eight-year-old of course you want to live that life and uh once sports and singing and shit didn't work out i was like I guess, that's it there we go so when I was in college, I there were some open mics around town, and a couple of my buddies were on them, and they were pretty good. But a lot of the comics sucked and were just bombing, and it, it was like the most uncomfortable I'd ever been in my life, just watching in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was sitting in the front row like an idiot, and uh, I was just like, "This is so bad." I didn't really know it could be this bad because you've never seen it be that bad because they would never put that on TV. <laughs> so it blew my mind how bad someone could be at comedy. And uh, I immediately knew if, if, if they're letting someone be that bad over and over again, then I can do it. And uh, next thing you know, I was doing it. And I was, what do you know? I was that bad. I was one of the worst comedians alive and no one made me quit. And uh, for months and months, I was just dead silence. I was as bad as you can be. 
And eventually I started getting some laughs when I started talking about uh, a few months in. I, I was like, oh, I'll make fun of, you know, being a preacher's kid or this thing. Like I, I had this bit about uh, people think masturbating is a sin because the guy spilled his seed on the ground and God struck him dead. And my dad told me like, no, that's not the sin of masturbation. That's the sin of pulling out. He was supposed to produce an heir uh to the throne <laughs> and uh so that was i remember that was distinctly that was the first time a crowd laughed they're like whoa sin of pulling out <laughs> and uh so i started doing like family stuff and like life stuff and stopped trying to be eddie murphy and uh started going better and eventually i got on you know the first big break was getting asked to do a, a show you know that's <laughs> you know instead of begging to get five minutes at a bar so the first time someone asked me to do a show was big. It was a big, I called my parents, uh, not paid. No, no one was at the show. It was worse than a lot of open mic, but someone <laughs> asked me and that was a big deal. And then after that, I got asked to do a show at the local club and open for a headliner. That was huge. And then uh, still not paid, still not, but I was asked. And then eventually I got paid, got 30 bucks. That was big. Uh, and then after that, I remember it was getting a good tape. I got a good tape about two years in. And then the good tape got me into festivals. And then in the festival, I, I got into the Laughing Skull Festival. That got me seen by the Just for Laughs booker. Did that. That got me seen by the Conan booker. And then after that, I got like managers. And it was uh, it was that. But those it was those are the kind of the ladders and like. Whenever I know it's annoying, but comedians are always obsessed with a good tape. But it's the most important thing in the world. A good tape is the most important thing. If if we could interject, what what would you say is your definition of a good tape? What makes a great tape? Um, I think not knowing you're being filmed. Uh, that's the only way I have <laughs> uh, have found to get a good one. There's just no way to really capture because you're thinking of it instead of getting out there and going, hey, oh, look, hey, hey, oh, instead of having a fun energy, you're out there and you're like, hello, it is me, the comedian. Here's the first three words to the first joke I have. And it's just, I can't, I don't know how to do it. Uh, I don't know how to get a good tape knowing every time I set my stupid tripod up, I bomb my little <laughs> ass off. And yeah. It's just you got to get someone to film you surreptitiously. And uh, then later on, you go, oh, you know, we film. And I was like, huh, that's the best thing in the world. And then I had that's how I got my first good tape. And uh, that's that's very valuable. You know, I, I, I owe the, everything to that first. Tape. At the riot, we just film almost every set. And so now oh, it's great. You can sometimes disassociate with that fact. And, right. I'd forgotten about it by the end of the end of the week. So I'm like, yeah. I'm super pumped to see those and be like. Oh man, look at me being funny and forgetting, you know? <laughs> so That's after, funny. so the, the tape got you festivals, got you just for laughs, Conan. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what has transpired since Conan? Where are we at now? Well, once I did Conan, I was at least, you finally have like your parents stopped telling you to go back to school, uh, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but still, I always assumed as a comedian, Oh, I do Conan. Next, the next day, I will be the I will headline every comedy club in the country, probably other countries. You know, they're probably all of them were probably watching last night, so they probably already pencil me in, and uh, that didn't happen at all. Uh, I don't think anybody saw, hit saw it, and so it was cool for your social media for a couple of days. It was like, oh yeah, and then you kind of forget. Oh, I still don't have any money. 
uh, <laughs> and eventually uh, I started getting gigs. But that that took a while. I'm, I'm I don't I think it was like because you forget even if somebody it's like I have a wonderful comedy club and I that was a great set on Conan. I'll book him in two years. Like that means not like <laughs> they don't care. They're just like yeah that was great. But they're not they're not as concerned with your rent as you. So they're not going to. <laughs> you know break their neck booking you uh, on a dime so uh it took a while for those to kick in but that was huge when i started uh in 2017 like halfway through 2017 was when i started getting a bunch of gigs and then i did conan again and then it was just like it was amazing i was just getting uh like a comedy club every month which was all i needed at the time to pay the bills and uh yeah it was it was incredible uh and then uh you know I kind of started uh, trying to change up my act and like not do all the same, like to be more intentional with bits. Cause the first few years you're just doing whatever works. I'll try every thought I've ever had and keep the ones that get laughs. And that's the act. Uh, and more recently I've been like, okay, let's try to have something. Let's try to make this better, make this stand out, make this more, mm. more funny and how and more <clears throat> funny in more ways. And like keep, make improve each bit every night and like, you know, stuff like that. That's uh less fun but you have time went during covid to do all that and because there's no fun allowed so <laughs> well it's yeah, it's hard to write in such an uninspiring time when you're just kind of confined to your your small space whatever that may be in the country yeah yeah it's really yeah uh but, what uh, what whimsical <laughs> observation could you have had during lockdown other than that you know it's yeah. like you know it's weird about dating and it's like what 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 is weird about it? No, no, no one is doing it. No one alive is doing it. That's weird. What was so weird about COVID and then the lockdown portion, I think, was that when we came out of, of all the lockdowns, the proportion of people or proportion of comics who said they didn't write anything during the lockdown oh, wow. was high. Like, yeah. I, and, and I didn't write a ton either. I thought this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to my writing. I thought... Now I'm working from home. I'm I'm got nothing to do at night. I'm just gonna write, write, write. I'm gonna have an hour's worth of you know, and just uh, the despair took over. I think yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it, like I was noticing the other night. I went out to the grocery store. I went to a grocery store that I don't typically go to. I went to the I don't go to Whole Foods a lot, so I go to Whole Foods last night, and I was just noticing like some there's something about being in a new ex experience or a new situation that just like your brain starts blowing up with thoughts. So when, when all I saw was the inside of my apartment for a year and a half, there was right, no right. explosions of, of ideas. Yeah. There's no inspiration. Like Darwin didn't come up with shit at his house. Not one idea at his house. You know <laughs> the Lapagos really turned it on. Nothing. For him. Yeah. You got to get out there. Cause it's, uh, it's horrible when you just have the same, you know, I, all, so many jokes that I wrote uh, during lockdown, I had to go way back. Like, I was like, what's up with third grade, huh? After second grade, what are we doing here? Third grade. Like, because I was like, what else am I going to talk about? I don't know shit else. Uh, so I came up with a bunch of school related jokes. Um, but that was all I could really think of. Well, I think it's always nice to go back in the past. I do a lot of that. I'm actually also a preacher's kid as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, a lot of my act is biographical and remembering how unique that upbringing was and just trying to trying to share that yeah. in a fun way yeah and people love that people uh people can't 
people laugh at things we don't even think are as pre like i was at a halloween party last night and somebody was like what you know what have what have your other costumes been other years and i was like none none i didn't i didn't do it <laughs> and i was like well i didn't do it the last two years uh and i didn't do it you know and as a kid it sent you to hell and they're like laughing and i'm like i'm not these are i'm not exaggerating that was wrong and pagan <laughs> and uh, all hollows eve and uh, they're like what and I'm, what's pagan about it and i was like i don't know uh, uh, just, that's what they were saying at the time and <laughs> since then everybody kind of has like relaxed it seems like people are like oh i guess it wasn't and uh they're like oh i guess we kind of overreacted about the da vinci code and pokemon and captain planet and all that <laughs> isn't, isn't that yeah. Isn't that funny though? Like in, in the, the things in your past where people ask you the questions, there's, there's material in there whenever people, cause there's, there's interest and in it, and it's just, cause that yeah. was different for them. And so that's mm -hmm. p potentially unique to you, or at least in a, in a, in a form that can be <clears throat> shared on stage that could be interesting and turned into funny. Yeah. And I, I thought for so long, I thought everyone whose dad wasn't a preacher was happy and like <laughs> had, just had fun. And like they're just sitting there reading Harry Potter with their dad and like <laughs> it's having a, having the best life of not preaching. My dad works at the bank. It's going to be a good night. And, the, you know, <laughs> you talk to all your friends. And like, yeah, my dad was a dick. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I thought everybody I thought it was just me who was upset. But it's like, uh, I guess there's worse. It's just confusing to people. People are just like, what? Of the things that are actually damaging, the things that like are dads chose to focus on it's always fun yeah there's always something damaging that your parents are going to do to you no matter no matter which direction in life they chose they're right. still going to damage you just in a unique fashion and like what, what am i doing to myself I'm yeah yeah now. and so what i'll take doing? mine mine could have been worse yeah. <laughs> hey you're riffing a lot probably a lot um you know when your kids tell you a joke sometimes we'd be like oh it's kind of a false premise uh, hack <laughs> Yeah, you're like jealous want to hit of tickling up. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tickling kills. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I really wanted to hit on, because we talked about it a lot while you were here, is your album and and recording that yeah. album, and then how to monetize uh, that, because that, that's 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 the seems to be uh, you know something you just went through, and such an important thing that we've we've talked about uh, a bit on the show, but we'd love to dive in a little more. So, talk about talk about what you what you've done recently and where it goes from here. Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing that uh, I had always kind of been like, because there's you can always go too far to either side of anything, you know, uh, which is like the least popular uh, opinion in the world. Uh, <laughs> everything's complicated. Everything has a middle ground, you know, but that's how I've always been living. And, uh, you know, you have the people who are like, never do a special. Uh, but that's sort of an old timey way of looking at comedy, I think it's not as realistic now for most people like Jay Leno was always saying that I'll never do a special uh you keep your jokes you make more money that way whatever and uh Norm Macdonald did that for years I heard in an interview because of Jay Leno and then finally in 2011 you know he'd been in the game 30 <laughs> years you know and uh, he finally does a special and it's incredible it's like everyone's favorite it's like every <laughs> joke's just a diamond it's just perfect and hilarious and legendary um and, uh, you know, I, I hadn't done one for the first 10 years. I'd had people uh, when I started in Atlanta, I had friends who were a year in who were like, yeah, I'm doing an album. And it didn't <laughs> seem that weird to me. And uh, there are people doing them all the time. And I was like, maybe I should do one. And I just never did. I never did. I never did. So I was like, I want to do like, you know, 
half hour on Comedy Central. I want to do an, an album with Comedy Central. I want to do all, I, you know, I had all this, these ideas. And then finally during COVID, I was just like, you know, I have this act. I've worked really hard on it for 10 years. And uh, finally I get an offer for an album and I was just like, honestly, it seems like the right time. I, I'm going to put all this stuff out and then try to start on something new after COVID. Who's going to notice anyhow? It's like, I was working on this thing. Let's put it out and then work on a new one. Because a lot of people were doing, just like you said, who were like, I'm starting over anyway after COVID. I don't want to do all my old stuff. And uh, and so I worked really hard on it. And uh, I actually ended up writing new stuff that went on there uh, that kind of fit in. Because I was running it so many times that I it kind of got better. And I was like, oh, this was a good idea. And uh, I started writing more than I ever had. And now I'm like, it's it's amazing. I've been in a real cool place and coming up with stuff I really like. And enjoying coming up with new stuff instead of just hating your way to it. Like I'm so used to just hating my act so much that I had to, you know, which is kind of a negative way. But uh, and so, yeah, the albums are it's not just like I want to stop doing it. I don't think everyone alive has heard it. I honestly don't think that many people at all have heard it. And I think most of the people that have heard it don't didn't know it was me. They just heard it on XM or something. Mm hmm. Uh, so it's just you're doing more shows. Your stuff's getting more out there. So I, I recommend to a lot. If you got a good act and you're like, oh, should I put it out? Should I save it? Should I burn it? Just I think, you know, I did it 10 years in. I don't know. It's different for different comics or whatever. But uh, I think it's a fun thing. And who uh, you find out that a lot of your stuff's already out there getting played, which is a cool surprise when you're like, what? They've been playing my like I saw one thing. They've been playing one of my things for like six years. I had no idea. Oh, wow. uh, and so you get money for that and that's a cool and you deserve it you're they're getting money with your stuff so you deserve it and uh i i think that albums are a lot of fun and i can't wait to do another one and i i love the process of it and uh you forget how bored america is <laughs> like people are in their cars bored they're at home bored they're at work bored they're on the train bored and people just need something and uh I'm amazed at how many people for me and I am as unknown as you. I mean, it, you know, I know there's people who just started and I've, I've had a few TV things, but like I'm still pretty much not known at all. So the fact that there's people who are just like, whatever, I'll listen to this. And you're like, there's no way they could have known who I was. But they're just like, hey, it's something. People just want something. And they're as, as intentional as your algorithm on Instagram. You're just scrolling. And you're like, what's this? Who's that? Hmm. hmm. And then someone can burn an hour and be like, man, that was all right. Cool. Or, or they like it or they hate it. It's <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, I was so worried no one would listen to it. But I, I've been very surprised and happy that it, it's gotten. I mean, there's so many music services. There's Pandora. There's Apple. There's Tidal and Amazon and Spotify and YouTube. I mean, it's like it's on all these. And you're like, it, it, it adds up. And it's really cool. I, I'm excited that it got out there like that. And uh if someone any, likes any you at all, on, now they got a whole hour. <laughs> in any thoughts on releasing an album versus like a, a visual special? Um, you know, like maybe I was thinking, I, I have no experience with this personally, but I would just assume that if you were just releasing it in audio form, you could cut and chop a little more and you could maybe, you know, like it'd be just easier to edit if you wanted to combine a couple of performances, whereas uh, the video is just a little more intensive. You got, it's more expensive. Did you do, did you do both? Uh, no, I just did. Uh, we filmed a good bit of it, but uh, 
it was mostly like I, I think just like with a podcast, it's cool to have your audio and video component because sometimes with well, my favorite podcast, I'll listen to half of it, you know, on the train then pick up, watch it when I get home. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think it's cool to have both. And some a couple of the bits from the album are going to be on the special I did with Comedy Central. But uh, I was thinking about before that happened, I was like thinking about filming it. Uh, but I mean, most of the stuff is burned now. But I think the next time I, if I don't get a offer from Netflix or Comedy Central, or one of those like places that I'll, I'll do what, you know, a lot of comics do and just put it up all on YouTube and hope it gets out there. But. Those are so cool when you find those ones where just you just uploaded this on your account and it has 10 million views. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what they make, but it's got to be cool. It's got to be. I see those ads, all those Dr. Squatch and uh, <laughs> mattresses, <laughs> shirts that hide your beer gut. All, and all, they're always like things that make, hurt my feelings. Or it's like, <laughs> what, what is this algorithm? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big, fat, stinky piece of shit. <laughs> That's what Facebook wants you to know about yourself. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think Zoltan Zoltan has had. Uh, yeah, Zoltan he's got had, a like, bunch. He's he was. I mean, we we had him in town. You know, he was traveling with Dustin uh, Nickerson, and he, Dustin was just like, "This guy's prolific. He just writes and writes and writes and writes." And you can see that he's posted like in the last yeah. what two or three years, he's got like three different hour specials on YouTube, and they're all really good. Yeah, he writes like crazy, and uh, I couldn't believe it. He told me, he was like, yeah, man, you got to film it. You got to, he was like, I, I had one that was just the film the comedy club gave me. It was just one camera in the back at a club, and uh, mm -hmm. I posted it. I put full special and uh, the title and everything, and he's like, it got a million views in like a month. He was like, it's crazy, and he's like, I'm not famous. I don't, it's just people want content. They want an, if you got a full comedy special, and you wrote it, and it's good, even if you're not famous, people want it. And uh, that's cool to remember. Like, it's it's easy to feel like no one likes comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. just on Twitter, it feels like no one likes it. <laughs> uh, but then you remember, oh, yeah, people do like it. People, people need something YouTube. to fill their time. Yeah. Okay I, I love what you said, too. You know, it, it kind of gave you the freedom to enjoy writing new bits. And mm -hmm. and we actually got to see you in action. So one thing that Caleb does is if he, if he feels like he's having a good time with the audience, or maybe it was just, if you just do this every time, either way, <laughs> you ask their permission. You say, Hey, can I try some new bits on out on you guys? And then you, you go yeah. through the bits and you, you put your notes out just to kind of cue you, but you don't really go back to it after that. But you know, it's, it's this experience where they, they know they're a part of it. And I think you even said it like they, they feel like they're in on it because they're hearing it mm -hmm. for the first time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so they're on board with it, and they'll let you know if it sucks. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> and they're not as mad that it sucks because you've warned them that it might. Right, and they're delighted if it's good. So mm -hmm. you kind of remove. It's like bumper bowling, but you still know if it was a good roll. It just doesn't hurt your feelings. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell if it smacks into that bumper real hard. But I just uh, a couple of my buddies, uh, uh, Stephen AJ and Troy Walker, do it. They're a couple of Denver guys that are out in LA now, and. Uh, I saw him do it and I was like, that seems amazing. And uh, I didn't think I was like, I, you know, all those insecure comedy thoughts. Oh, how could it work for me? Could new bits work for me? Like, yeah, of course, idiot. So I, <laughs> I started trying it and it works great. I, I've been uh, sometimes you don't really get a lot out of it, but uh, it's uh, it's it's working recently. I've, I've gotten like a good 15, 20 minutes of stuff out of that. And, uh, you know, at this rate, it's like, who knows how much of it actually will last. But uh, a lot of it's working now, so I'm I'm thrilled about it. 
it's a yeah. really fun way to to try it and uh, it's not patented anybody can do it you can <laughs> you can do a solid 30 minutes and then try out new stuff if you're headlining and uh, crowds don't seem to mind it's actually my new opener i just come out and go hey guys do you mind if i try some <laughs> new stuff it's all new i just they're like we've heard these yeah. nope brand new <laughs> everything's new guys i yeah, guess I now's mean, a hey, good time to <clears throat> As we're talking about writing, go ahead and transition into that. We always, one of the things we always get into on the Breaking Down Bids podcast is the open-ended answer, however you would like to, how does Caleb sign and write comedy? Well, um, I've tried every way. I've tried all the ways, and uh, I've not really any of them work that well for me. So I just kind of <laughs> have to do whatever I can think of all the time and throw it all at the wall because I it's just a, it's really just a numbers game. It's like, I'm a very inefficient comedian, like nine out of 10 ideas I have are shitty and they don't work and they weren't, they're more of a thought than a joke, but I'm still just an idiot. I, I think all my thoughts are hilarious and a lot of them are just <laughs> thoughts. They're just thoughts. Um, but a good, I think a good one in 10 are, are worthwhile. So I just, I'm just all the time. Like today I probably already wrote down like, you know, 10 today uh just just living just like writing them down i i just usually in my phone or a notebook i i just a lot of times i'll text them to myself i'll write them i'll say them into my apple watch i'll write them on a pad uh, i do it a lot and uh it's usually just something very simple like i here's the ones i've written down today um everybody hits a light switch cool you know, even people that aren't cool, everyone you try to, no one just stops like a video game character and flicks it on. Everybody has to do it nonchalant, like a detective. Uh, I've never seen it. Every, the biggest nerd in the world flicks it on like a, like a badass. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. That that's maybe a thought. It might not be accurate. It might not be, I don't know, but I thought about it and I was like, isn't that weird that everybody, <laughs> that can, like, even if even if it's not stand-up that's like a, a a sketch like that's a thing like or if you're like involved in right. a sketch and you're like flipping on a light switch like that could be a whole thing uh you right. know and so i don't you never know. know you never know you never know what it is so i just i always write down i wrote down uh oh yeah in school when uh the every once in a while the principal would come sit in the back of your class and just like fucking own your teacher and really <laughs> like a mafia don and just like silently watch not saying a word it's that's a fucking move you know and the teacher the teacher just teaches they don't you know what are they going to get caught doing like hey you kids are all pieces of shit and they're like oh why i forgot and uh so a lot of school stuff uh stuff like that and so i just i write i just text it real quick i'll just write down a few I'll, i wrote down principal sitting in on teacher and it's like next show i have i'll, I'll try it out and uh if it works, I'll keep doing it. And if it does, I mean, I don't, I tried to write bits out fully, but they, they come across very Paul F. Tompkins-y when I do that. I'll be like, <laughs> I was thinking about school today and here's a thought I had. Why did the teacher, and it just turns into, or Mulaney, it's like, it gets into that and I, that just doesn't work. For, that style doesn't really get laughs as much as you have the idea and then you just, figure it out i don't write on stage really I, I i come up with the idea and then i i flesh it out but i you know there's no writing mm -hmm. on stage for me it's just you're not like, wordsmithing I, necessarily no. pen to pad trying to get that's all in your head right yeah you i, I write it down 
I, I can I can I guess talk it out, but it's like there's no uh no right the the only writing gets done like in my room. Uh the I can try and fail on stage and add and subtract, but it's like there's no that's just the kind of editing and, and fleshing. I the there really is something to the uh the the writing, but I, I can't if I write it out and then perform it, it sounds like a soliloquy and it's not funny at all. And uh I just can't pull that style off very well. Hmm. So would you say that when you perform some of these jokes that you you do wordsmith them different night to night? Or do you finally find a you know, or maybe eventually you find a locked in way you say it, but maybe early on it's always slightly different? Yeah. And then sometimes once you get it nailed down into a really good uh kind of order for that bit. And you have the eye movements and you got the act outs and you got the voice change. You got all that. That usually only lasts a few months till you need to switch it up again because it's just a new time and you're a little older and the joke's a little older and mm. things have kind of changed. And you should have hopefully after a year of doing a bit thought of something else in that area <laughs> of, of comedy. Uh, so I try to keep it from staying the exact same because like uh, I mean, Brian Regan is one of my all time faves and he. Every time I see him, he'll do an he'll do a bit from his first album, and it's twice as long and twice as good, and it's got a million new parts. And you're like, "Damn, he kept working on." It. And so that's uh, something that I think mm. I I try to live up to and almost never do, but I try to you know keep it alive. You know, and not... I'm really I'm really glad you talked about eye movements and and uh, yeah. act outs because that's that's a that's a big part of your performance. There's uh, act outs, voices, and and facial expressions and eye movements. Uh, so, so it sounds like those things kind of collect over time. You have your, your sort of, we'll call it written stuff that you brought to stage and then you start building on it, uh, building those components in. Mm. Yeah. Well, a lot of it's that I, I come to the stage with just the idea, like, uh, you know, in a couple of days, I'm uh, probably tomorrow, I'm going to try out uh principal sitting in on the teacher and I'll, I'll probably go, Hey, remember this? And then that'll get a nice chuckle. And then I'll go, well, that's kind of all I thought of. <laughs> and then my brain will go, hmm. And then I'll go, yeah, yeah, he comes and he sits down. And then I'll sit on the stool and look like a principal and be like, maybe that'll make him laugh. And then that'll get a chuckle and I'll go, that's ah, still not good <clears throat> enough. And then I'll be I'll be the teacher on the board and I'll be writing and I'll be like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> and then the kid, the, you know, he asked the kid to come up. The kid's got an erection. The principal's got an erection. He's got an erection. They're all like, no, I hope no one see. I don't know. I, you just have to. I'll throw everything against the wall because there's no ending yet. There's no punchline. So that's where I come up with all that stuff floundering. And then after usually it takes a good two or three months, I'll have a I'll have a nice button on the end. But uh... all the floundering led to a lot of acting that scene out because I have nothing else to do. I just have a funny premise and, and uh, my dick in my hand. So I need something. I need my eyes and I need my hands and I, I got to do something or else I'm going to die. And, uh, and then that, that, that's just kind of my very inefficient way of doing it. But it's, it's pretty fun to do it that way. And it's the only thing that's worked so far. So uh, I think I mean, it, in the it's all up to, yeah, it's all up to each comedian. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the fun part though? Like, our part of comedy is keeping it fun for yourself because yeah. otherwise you're going to jump off a bridge probably. Like right. I think there's some I've learned for me personally, even just the short time that I've been doing comedy that if I don't do a new bit or do something fresh or do something for me in the set, it can start to just feel like 
I'm doing a monologue that I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm punching the time card and I'm saying the same things. Like if it's not, if I don't find a way to make it fun for me, I start to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can hate anything. You can hate anything that's not new uh, and not fun. Uh, And I, I, you can burn it. It's like, just like with diets and exercise, like people always burn out because of that. And if you can find what works for you and makes it fun for you about it, you, you know, instead of going and trying to be the rock overnight, maybe find a way to exercise that doesn't make you want to die so that you don't give up, you know, find a way to write that doesn't make you want to punch a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully as long as you really want the end result, if you really want those new jokes and you really want to get writing on stage off or whatever. But I, fi- I finally found a way. And this is literally this year that that I I'm like, I can't wait to do it. I, I love doing it this way right now. And I might change, but, uh, you know, it took me 10 years. So I don't know. What do I know? Uh, you know, if you're a new comic listening, who knows? But uh, I say in the new time, like, try it all out because who knows? Uh, and I know some people love writing it out. They just write it out and that's their style. But that's uh, very hard. for me. I think it, those 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 ebbs and flows of, you know, you're you're on a hot streak right now. You have a good hitting streak going. And then you'll have the slump and I, you know, yeah. that's, that's just anything. Uh, but one thing I, I want to say, you use all the tools. I do this. I, I think we write in a very similar, uh, I guess you call it inefficient. So I write inefficiently yeah. too. Uh, but I do the, I, we use all of our other tools in our chest, including, you know, some of the act outs you talked about, even delivery. We know we are, we, we've been doing it long enough where we can deliver something without a punch, but because it's delivered in the, in the cadence that, that, that the audience knows to laugh, they'll still laugh. And so, yeah, that's how we can navigate and figure out, get to that punchline eventually. Uh, and, I, and I've got bits like that. They're not finished yet, but I can still draw laughs on the journey because of the other tools right. that we have to use on stage. Uh, so I do the same thing. Yeah, not every not every bit has to be, um, obviously, if you're doing a special, you want it to be the hits, you know. <laughs> but if it's just a night, like some of my favorite times seeing a comic headline there's always a few moments that go nowhere, but you're it's that makes it fun. It makes it yeah. fun to see that. And uh, not everything has to be a 10 out of 10, you know, HBO closer. Uh, sometimes it can be just a fun little thing that kind of is halfway thought out. And sometimes they screw it up and that's funny. Uh, yeah. It's like even what Eddie Murphy's delirious. He's there's times where he's like, Hey, what's going on? Is that a camera? Like, he's just like having fun up there. And, uh, you know, kind of talking to the audience. And uh, so, and I think people like that too. I know I do as a comedy fan. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of letting them be a part of the process. And sometimes they see you right before the peak. Sometimes they see you right after the peak of that joke. But uh, as long as you got a bunch of things in your toolkit, I think it'll be fun for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Now I know we're running a little short on time, but I don't want to miss out on this um, set lists and preparation before you go up. What's your, what's your strategy? Do you have it all? Do you stick with it? What do you do those last moments before you step on stage? You have like a pregame warm up thing. What, what's your strategy as far as that goes? Well, um, a lot of it is, and this, you know, it's also a lot of stuff that I thought everyone did, but then you go, Oh yeah, not everyone's a preacher's kid from Georgia who, uh, but you know, I I used to watch my dad do a set list on uh, Saturday, mm. you know, for the, the next day. And um, so a lot of times now I'll write out my like, what am I working on for this month and year? Like, what am I working on? 
Um, and I like to get the bits that are working that I want to do. And I want to do as many that are, you know, the, the formula of the new ones uh, that are working. And then it, you want to do as least old bits ranked by age. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to do the least amount of old bits I can. So I always get, okay, which these work good enough that these can be the act. And I'll need a few old ones just to keep it going, uh, maybe to close with. And then here's the ones that are not quite working great, but they can be in between these. And then here's the brand new ones that who knows how these are. And those go in that part where I'm like, here's the new one. Um, but I like to write down on, I like to have two sheets of paper, two really tiny ones of like, this is the act that I need to do. This is the framework. And then a lot of the really old bits, I don't have to write them down because I've done them for years and I don't, I'm ashamed to be doing them at all. So I, I'm going to remember those. I don't need to write them down. Uh, those are like your parachute bits where you're like, shit, I got to get them with the top three bits I've ever done. Uh, so that's like the fight or flight bits. You don't need the right. So I write down the newer ones, then brand new ones. And then I kind of go with that. Um, and I like to write them down on my big notebook before the show. I like to take my little notebook. I like to have a drink uh, backstage. I like to get to the show at least 30 minutes early and like relax, have a drink backstage. I'm here. I'm ready. I've had dinner. Uh, I'm going to sip and, and do the, put the finishing touches on here. And, uh, usually I, I abandon an idea. I go that, what the fuck? That's not funny at all. Like something about being at backstage at a show and you can hear the crowd like sitting down, you go, of course, this isn't a joke. You dumb piece of shit. That was nothing. Oh, what, a, what was before light bulbs? And I'm like, that's not funny. That was a, that was just a, a thought that was a thought you shouldn't have even wrote down. i can't tell you how many times i've scratched out something that yeah. like when i made the set list originally i was like oh i'm gonna try this and then right before i go on stage i'm like there's no delete delete, right. delete, yep. delete. but <laughs> also forcing yourself that kind of helps your brain remember uh and then at a certain point making yourself do the new jokes like i know there's a certain amount of pain i'm just gonna feel so mm. eventually i'm gonna try that joke out and if it bombs I'll talk about how shitty of an idea it was for a second and hope yeah. they laugh at that. But to make yourself kind of rank it, because then you that that kind of makes your judgment get a little better. And you're like, OK, these are actually better new bits. And then but uh, I think you should try out every thought, like get up enough to where you, you even that dumb idea. Try it out because some of them work like some some of the ones I thought were the dumbest work pretty good. And I'm like, shit, what do I know? Uh, yeah, that's the crazy part about comedy is stuff yeah. like. I think we always we always try to write closers like these right. big massive jokes, and then you then I, we I was just noticing the other day I was just watching a bunch of stand up and I went to the cellar in New York a couple weeks ago and I was just like noticing a lot of the jokes that I laughed out the crowd the crowd really enjoyed weren't these crazy incredible put together jokes they're just like they're just funny. And they just went with it. It's not like they're having they're swinging for the fences mm -hmm. with every joke. So I think sometimes we we scare ourselves and go, no one's gonna think this is funny. But uh, you just gotta trust your instincts, I guess, sometimes, and do the thing that's just kind of, I don't know. Sometimes it can feel kind of hack or basic, but if it, you know, I feel like if you had the weird thought, sometimes you just gotta go with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, people don't mind. Like, I think they mostly just don't want to have heard it. Yeah. Uh, if it's yeah, just sure. new and uh, obviously if it's a closer type amazing diamond of a bit, they don't mind hearing that again because it's got a bunch of parts to it and it's great or whatever. But I mean, when I go see a comic, as long as it's just all new and funny, I don't I never even think 
that hard back to mm. I just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's a good point. People aren't dissecting the jokes like we are. They're just right. there to have a good time and hear something funny. Uh, and I think sometimes as a, we have to remember, we're just doing entertainment. We're just here to right. have a good they're, and they're just here to be entertained. And they're not they're not checking off a checklist while they're listening to the jokes like I should have had a callback. What's going on here? Right. Because you don't no one does that in life. When you're talking to your friend, you don't go, whoa, what happened to that subject? Do we ever loop back to that? I didn't really have a payoff. Like you're just laughing and having fun. You don't have to. Ju- everything doesn't have to be judged like endlessly. Yeah. That's not yeah, like at a mic, they're not like writing tags for you or any of that. They're just they're just taking it for what right. it is as you deliver it. And we we think yeah. for whatever reason we get in our head like they're yeah, they're breaking down bits just like no, doing on the most show. of them aren't aware yeah. jokes are ha- they think we're talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. It's, uh, it's crazy that we I mean, there's a few there's more now than there's ever been, but I do think most people are just there they're four drinks in and they're just having a nice night and they probably identified two things you said that night as a joke, and the rest they were just like, "Man, he was on fire. He was talking about dating, and he was talking about holy shit." You know? <laughs> well, yeah, they uh, never they never remember. I feel like I don't even remember a lot of the jokes. Sometimes I'll watch someone go, right. "Oh, it was great," and I'm trying to like, "I'm going to remember that one." And you get out the door, and you're like, "What was that joke about?" Like, it's right. already gone. You just, it was just in the moment. It was awesome, and you walk away, and you you don't even remember the joke, much less the formula or right. anything else. I have to make notes because I, I, I watch everybody who comes through the room. I always watch their sets and I, even after I have to make notes to remember it. So there's no way they remember any of it unless it right. really connected with them at a, at a really deep level. They're not going to remember specific jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember nothing. I don't remember <laughs> well, do you, do you remember doing this Conan set? I'm about to roll your clip. Uh, oh boy. S- I, I do remember this. Second one. Uh, my shoulder hurt really bad on this one. I don't know if you can tell in the video, but did it really? That's a little. Yeah. Yeah. I was carrying too many heavy bags that month. Oh, you told me about this permanent yeah, shoulder yeah. damage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got it too. Uh, let me go ahead. Uber and... Eats getting you down, or what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was t-shirts. I'll never do them again. Uh, koozies, koozies, koozies the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and roll the clip. Feeling pretty good. I'm in a good mood. Thought I heard my neighbors having sex this morning, <laughs> but it was just somebody walking downstairs in their flip flops, real fast. <laughs> Still pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. I was thinking about getting married, so I looked it up. And I saw a survey that said 70% of men cheat on their wives. I didn't know that. 70. That's a lot. And those are just the ones that put it on the survey. Like, hell yeah, cheat on my wife. That's right, survey. (laughs) Don't know if I trust it. Oh, man, comedy's going great. People seem to think I'm a nice guy and stuff, but I don't really think it's that I'm a nice guy. I think it's just that I'm from the South and I treat everybody like they have a gun. (laughs) And it works great. People be like, what'd you think about the election? I'm like, what did you think about the election? (laughs) Sir? I don't know. I don't understand politics. I don't understand laws. Like, I think the weirdest law ever is the age of consent law, and I'm glad it's a law. <laughs> I'm just it's a little creepy that it's different in different states. I think that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. And I know it's creepy because I just brought it up here, and it just got quieter than it's been all night. <laughs> but someone brought it up the first day of America. They're all sitting around making rules. Some guy's like, all right, so no sex with anybody under 18. A guy in the back's like, that's more of a state's rights issue, don't you think? <laughs> 
that's why I think we have Republicans and Democrats, because Democrats go, no sex with kids, and Republicans go, what's a kid? <laughs> Before we make a bunch of rules... Oh, man, the town I'm from, Royston, it's very small, only 2,000 people there. One stoplight in my neighborhood growing up, and they added another one this year, and my dad thought that was government overreach. <laughs> Pretty liberal stoplight. Uh, they made deliverance near my town. Ooh, deliverance. And here's all you need to know about Royston. We are proud of that. <laughs> Tell everybody, made deliverance right down the road. I'm like, that sounds like a threat. Don't tell them. <laughs> My family, they're always trying to give me ideas for skits. And they're all bad. <laughs> they're all real bad. And they're proud of them. They're always like, oh, I got a good skit for you. So uh, you go up there. And I'm like, I know where I go. <laughs> now go up there and be like, hey, y'all think the Chick-fil-A in heaven's open on Sunday? It's <laughs> a big skit. Sometimes they'll throw a big, long, boring story at me around the dinner table. They'll all take turns saying the most empty thing of their whole year. And they're proud of that, too. They're like, oh, Caleb, you're going to love this one. <laughs> me and Carol were out driving. And we drove past the Dairy Queen. And the sign said, Lizards. <laughs> Lizards <laughs> at Dairy Queen. <laughs> so Carol says, Oh, it probably it was blizzards. <laughs> and the bee fell off. <laughs> and we just laughed. <laughs> we said, If Caleb was here. <laughs> Oh, he would have loved that typo. We said he should put that in his skit. And they've all got guns, so I put them in the skit. Thank you so much. You guys are great. No, but yeah, that that was a uh, that was a crazy. Uh, I don't know why I wore a suit <laughs> before COVID. I used to wear a suit sometimes, and now it looks like the dumbest thing in the world. But yeah, that one was uh, that one was pretty fun. I usually hate watching videos of myself, but uh, I think it's I like that. One. I remember the night that came. Like for some reason, like I'm, I don't know if y'all hate videos of yourself as much as me, but I, boy, I can't stand seeing my dumb face. Uh, so that hurt a little, but not as bad as it used to. Honestly, it's like after COVID, I'm like, ah, what a what a weird thing to complain. Like there's people with real complaints and I'm like, I don't like watching myself on Conan. It's like, it's, <laughs> you have to get tired of seeing yourself perform on television. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's cool. Like I used to be like, but I'm better at stand up now than I was. And it's like, it's calm down. Yeah. Those, <laughs> act outs are, to... those act outs are so strong and they bring so much. And I think a, a, a newer comics, um, sometimes we, maybe i know for me i get really involved in the writing and the and the, everything and i forget that this is a performance art and you need to live it out and i need to reread the comedy bible because judy carter is all about the act outs she doesn't Our believe punchlines exist anymore 
It's all about the act out. Oh, really? That's what I mean. That's the crux of that book oh, on in portion uh, about how like live it out in front of them, create a dialogue, make it a story, put a character in there. And you do that so well, and it brings the bits to life. It makes them visual in the people's head. And I think if there's anything that, you know, comics that are newer want to take away from, from that performance is like, find a way to not just say and narrate the joke, but make it real. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, you're the only thing up there, you know. Um, mm. there's, there's just a mic and a stool and a stand, and it's like, other like I've been to a good play before and uh, boy, they got a bunch of stuff, you know, on a sitcom. <laughs> you got a bunch of stuff. You got like Jerry Seinfeld had three of the best comedic actors of all time in every scene with him. True. And one of the best writers of all time writing. the You know what I mean? So he had a lot. And it's like, that's the standard. People could sit home and watch Seinfeld. It's the best show in the world. That's what I do most nights. But you got to if you don't have some act like. And there's some comics that don't do it, and I really respect them. Like, you better write the hell out of a joke with you don't got yeah. act outs. I don't know, I don't know what else. I'm. I'm Dane cooking it out there. I'm. I'll do a flip. <laughs> like I'm trying to get these laughs. So yeah, I'll kick this, kick that stool over. I'll do anything. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, do our last segment. I warned you about it. It's called Last oh, yeah. Laugh. Oh yeah. So here's a little uh, intro. I hate watching that on video. Okay, so it's, it's very, <laughs> very bizarre. Uh, but <laughs> the way that the way this works is uh, last laugh. What, what Caleb Sinan, you 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 passed away sadly. And what is the joke that you're going to have on your tombstone to be remembered by? Well, I think it's a perfect time to steal a joke. Uh, ah, so I'm going to have thievery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want. I want. <laughs> the rules are it can be somebody else's joke too, by the way. So it's, it doesn't have to be your own. Well, uh, me and my buddy Dave just found this uh, website that transcribes entire specials. So oh. I would like all of Ralphie May's prime cut engraved on a mic. Uh. <laughs> I would like to have a whole special. So people like going to leave a flower and then they're, they're like, the hell is this? Another <laughs> comedian's act. And that would just make me happy to lay down there few feet below him <laughs> it's a lot of, it takes a lot of stone probably he's it's a lot yeah yeah oh it's gonna be the tallest headstone <laughs> it's gonna be steps you know, you can, people are gonna love it i'll be the funniest dead comedian <laughs> more well, of a shrine than a than a tombstone yeah i'm all about shrines yeah get in there well, good oh, stuff, yeah. man. Thank you so much for, for being a part of the show. Uh, tell people where they can get you on social media oh, yeah. and anything else fun that they need to know about you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. I got banned from Twitter. I'm starting over. I'm at Dumb Caleb. Uh, don't impersonate political uh, candidates or you will get your Twitter banned. It is against <laughs> the terms and conditions. I thought it was very funny. But uh, at Dumb Caleb, I have a podcast called What's It Called? Every Monday, me and my buddy Dave Ross. Don't know what our podcast is called, and it's really fun. Check it out. And uh, yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me, guys. This was great. Absolutely. Well, thank, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this has been Breaking Down Bits. Come back and see us again. See you, Caleb. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Caleb. Peace. Later.
Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website breakingdownbits.com or shoot us an email at breakingdownbits at gmail.com.